Good morning. How are you guys doing? So, I um, hope you guys have had a good week. You guys had a, you know, we've kind of been ups and down. We're in that, that, the throes of spring right now, you know, where it's trying to decide whether it's going to be warm or cold. So, uh, if we can get through the day, I think we'll be okay. Amen? Hey, uh, I hope you guys are excited about what God's doing uh, in our lives, in our uh, church, in our world. I know that uh, the things of this, uh, that are going on in our world right now can look kind of intimidating, can look unsettling, but God has assured us that um, he has never taken off guard. He has never caught off guard. He's never kind of um, caught wringing his hands, hoping that things will work out, right? Our God, uh, we believe that uh, Jesus has risen. He's sitting on the throne, that he is overseeing everything, and he is bringing us by the means he does as our good shepherd, he's bringing us to that uh, place that he has prepared for us, right? I'm glad Gloria's here with me. I know, the rest of you guys are sleeping, I think. Thank you, Gloria. (laughs) Thank you, Robin. Hey, uh, um, so one of the things we have going on here at, uh, at Christ Church on Saturday mornings, and this is kind of a shameless plug for uh, you guys, uh, we have a Saturday morning men's Bible study that's at 7 a.m. I want to invite you guys, uh, if you're not doing anything, at 7 a.m., which I know you're not, um, but you can come join us. We're downstairs. We're going through the book of Mark. It's been a great study. Uh, but the reason I bring that up is uh, yesterday, I woke up to go to the Bible study. I looked outside, and as happens during this time of the year that's kind of going up and down and surrounded by all this water, there was this fog. I mean, it was thick. I could barely see the house across the street from me. And what that meant for me on that day was I would have to make my, my way through deer-infested territory <laughs> in the fog, right? And that's always, that's always kind of an exciting drive anyway. I, I would much rather take it where I can see clearly, right? Rather than in the fog. The same as I would much rather drive in the day than at night because things can spring out of nowhere. Um, we always seem to do better We always are more settled and more confident when we have kind of the full use of our capabilities. Amen? Same thing goes with with hearing, doesn't it? Have you ever been in a restaurant where it is so loud, so noisy in that restaurant that you literally can't hear the person who's talking to you right next to you? You ever been there? And that is just unsettling. It is, you're, you're leaning in, you're doing all that you can, but still there's too much interference there's too much uh, standing in the way. Uh, there's too much kind of uh, cluttering the sound so that you don't hear that. The problem that we have in our world is our world is full of a lot of fog and a lot of noise. It's not just the literal fog, like on Saturday morning. It's not just literal noise, like in that restaurant, is it? I mean, I can be driving down the street, and I don't know about you, but those billboards and those advertisements, they are screaming, aren't they? The noise that comes in, the fog that comes in from, from uh, whether it be sometimes it's politicians that kind of load up the half-truths, or sometimes it's salespeople that tell you a little bit, make it a little bit nicer than it actually is, and going to cost you a little bit less. Sometimes it's spiritual gurus who can give you kind of half-truths about, yeah, you can kind of make up your own thing, and God's good with that. They can lay it all out there. You know, nowadays, we carry our own noise with us, don't we? Right? 
all the chirps and the tweets and the, and the buzzes and the rings that come out of this thing to let us know all the important information, much of which just kind of clouds it up a little bit further, doesn't it? Our world is full of all kinds of fog, all kinds of noise. In electronics, noise is anything that gets in the way, that hinders, that interrupts or interferes with a clear signal getting through a system. And that kind of describes our world, doesn't it? Does that describe the experience that you have as you go through and you're trying to figure out, okay, what do I need to pay attention to? And all kinds of things come in and distract and interrupt and interfere with that. The Bible tells us that not only is this literal, not only is this physical, not only is this mental and in our inside inner space, but this is also a very, a very real spiritual reality as well. There are things that get in the way of us hearing what God wants us to hear at times as well. There's interference and distractions that show up. Ephesians 2, 1 through 9 tells us about some of those, that spiritual noise that gets in the way, that clutters up our world. But Ephesians 2 also tells us about how our God faithfully continues to seek to cut through that interference, to speak through it, to reach through it to us so that we might know what he has to say to us. Let's stand together. We're going to read Ephesians 2, 1 through 9. Look at this passage. Let's stand together, though, knowing that we stand in a space that is largely cluttered, isn't it? A lot of us bring our own distractions in with us. We have things going on in our minds. So let's seek to kind of focus our hearts on what God wants to say to us this morning uh, through his word. Ephesians 2, 1 through 9. You were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now working in the children of disobedience. Among them, we too formerly lived in the lusts of our flesh, indulging in the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and we were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the ages to come, he might show the surpassing riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace, you have been saved through faith. And that not of yourself, it is the gift of God, not the result of works, so that no one may boast. How often have you, in the midst of the kind of clutter of life, how often have you experienced that, that hint of God making himself known to you? Have you, maybe it was that you were, you were walking down and all of a sudden you just got kind of that, that, um, that sense that he was with you, the sense of his presence. Maybe something in, in the beauty of his creation just kind of caught you off guard. Maybe it was that you were having this experience of going through a day and just going, you know, everything seems to be going like it should be going. And you just had that sense that God was, was kind of breaking through in that moment. Those are the moments that God wants us to learn how to lean in. Lean in so that we 
we can recognize him and see him more clearly, that we can hear him more clearly, that we can learn how to tune in to that signal and, and weed out those interferences so that he might make himself known to us better. Today's message, I think that it's in those, those times that sometimes we ask that question, we say, you know, when God makes himself known and you just go, you know, could it be, right? Could it be that the God of the universe is actually paying attention to me? You know what I'm talking about? That, that feeling that could it be that the God of the universe actually loves me? Today's message is titled, Could It Be? Could It Be Through the Noise? Father, we want to ask that um, this morning that our ears would be open. That you would do that amazing work of whatever that is. That you help us to clear away that clutter that's in our minds and in our hearts that, that is just that static that seems to be interfering from the words you want to speak, from the things you want to make known to us. Father, make yourself known to us. Holy Spirit, come and speak clearly to our hearts so that we might see, we might hear, we might know your presence and the presence of our Savior Jesus. We pray these things in his name. Amen. You can be seated. You know, when I was a kid, um, our TV at home got three to three and a half channels. We got the big three, you know, ABC, NBC, CBS. And then we kind of got PBS a little bit. No, it was ABC, CBS, NBC. They had these big towers and they were pumping out this really strong signal. So they came in pretty well. But PBS, I don't think they had quite the funding. So we got, you know, and do you guys remember our TV also came? It didn't come equipped, but we equipped it with that, that rabbit ears array of the antennas that you set on top of your TV. You remember those? Some of you guys remember those? And there was always somebody up there adjusting, trying to get that perfect alignment of those two round ones, you know, and the two straight ones. And they're up there, and, and you'd be trying to get it so it was as clear as you could get, which even at its clearest was usually pretty terrible, right? Right? And, and do you remember that moment that you realize as you're up there, you're the one adjusting, and all of a sudden you realize, you know, this is actually a clearer picture when I'm touching the antenna. And you knew you were doomed because everybody in the room would say, hey, could you just stay there holding it so we can watch this show? The great thing is now we live in this day of, you know, we live in cable TV, and so you're not trying to get the... the signal out of the air, the cable is pumped straight in and hundreds of channels, and we got this HD TV. It looks like the people are sitting in your living room, bigger than life, right? But even in this day, um, it's kind of ironic, but Carrie and I, we have chosen to um, go back old school, you know? Part of it's because we can't possibly make use of hundreds of channels. We don't have the time, and we can't see justifying the cost of what it cost to pay for those channels if we're not going to use them. So we've decided to stick, old, stick with the old school and go with the antenna again. And what that means is we are back to the handful of channels that come in, you know, and fuzzy sometimes, and the person up there holding, and sometimes you're saying, hey, could you just 
Hang on to that antenna. We're back to the old days. We're living like the days of our childhood again. Now, what's interesting about that is that every once in a while, through all that interference, through all those barriers, through all those challenges that you have, occasionally you will have that day. And it seems like, you know, when the barometric pressure is out, just right outside, the wind's not blowing, the stars all seem to align, and suddenly you're sitting there and all of a sudden it's like, again, that question, could it be? Could it be that today we actually get to watch Channel 10, Right? Could it be that today we get to actually watch this program that we were hoping for? Could it really be that we're gonna get this channel coming through a clear signal instead of all the static and interference? You know, as we grow in our spiritual life, the same kind of thing happens when God speaks to us. The same kind of thing happens. We try to listen for God's voice. We try to understand some of the things that he's telling us. We try to make sense of some of the hard things that Jesus says. We try to make sense of some of the easy things that Jesus says. And there are those moments, there are those moments every once in a while, it's like everything lines up. It's like, you know, barometric pressure is right, the stars align, everything's right. And we go, I think, we, we kind of sense, we get this glimpse of God's purpose for our lives, Right? We get this, this sense of, almost this, this sense of this breeze of his presence coming through. And at that moment, we go, could it be? Could it be that God is actually reaching through all this and he's gotten through to me? Now, I don't know if you guys ever think about it. Every once in a while, I think about this. But actually, in this room, in our world today, we are constantly, we are in an environment that is immersed in signal. It's going through this room right now. We have cell signals, we got microwave signals, we got TV signals, radio signals, we, got, we, we have signals, we have Wi-Fi going. It's, it's around us all the time. But that doesn't mean that it makes it any more, it makes it any easier to try and grab hold of a clear signal and make sense out of it, does it? We're immersed in it, but we still have the challenge of trying to make sense out of it. In the same way, our God is constantly speaking into this world. And through this world, we are surrounded by his presence and surrounded, immersed in his word and in his voice. But that doesn't necessarily mean that it makes it any easier for us to make sense out of it, does it? And so we go through our lives and we're trying to get that, that glimpse. We're trying to... Um, catch hold of it, but there seems to be this spiritual interference. Well, just like, just like physical interference with those, all those waves that surround us, just like those things have a source. The source may be that the wind is blowing outside and that's just messing up the signal. It may be the walls are made of a, a material that is just not getting through. In the same way, spiritual interference has a source. And Philippians or Ephesians chapter two is talking about what are some of those sources of this interference to God? If we know that our God is constantly speaking, we know that our God is constantly working for our best, is trying to work in us and trying to speak to us and help us to understand this life and this salvation that he's given to us, this goodness, this kindness that he's made known to us. So if he is constantly working, he's constantly speaking to us, we can be sure if we don't hear him and we don't see him, it's not because he went silent. It's not because he quit. There's something that's in the way. 
and it has a source. There's a source of this disturbance and this this interference in Ephesians 2. That's what it's talking about. It starts out by saying, you were dead. Well, that's a pretty big interference, isn't it? Right? That we were dead to the things of God. We weren't getting anything in. We were dead. Well, that's a problem. We were dead. Why? Because we were dead because we chose to walk and we were walking in our own sins. Now, what is sin? Sin is anything, any of those decisions that we make, the directions that we choose in life, whether we choose them, whether we stumble on them, whether we're trained in them, whether we inherit them, whether we just are just drawn and dragged along in them, anything, any of those directions in life that we go that are not aligned with God's intentions and God's purposes. That's what sin is. So sometimes it's intentional and sometimes it's in ignorance. But it's still not aligned with where it's not in, in, in the same direction that God would have us go. And so we were dead because we were walking in our sins. We were dead, it says, also because we were walking according to the course of this world. The flow, the direction, it's like this world has chosen a path and it's like this stream and it's going downhill and we're like this fish and we're not paying attention to it. We're just going with the flow. And we're walking according to the course of this fallen world, not the planet of this world, but the system of this world, the system that, that has chosen values to build itself around, where it's chosen things like greed over generosity, it's chosen things like hatred over love, it's chosen things like bitterness over forgiveness. It's chosen self over others. It's chosen this protection of self and our own interests at the expense of others, right? And we're being dragged along in this world and we've chosen, we are walking according to the course of this world even if we haven't chosen it. We're walking in it. The lean and the flow of this world that pushes against the things that God has called us to, the things that God intended as our creator. And it says, and we're, we're, in, we're dead because we're walking according to the spirit, the spiritual power, this prince of the power of the air. Now, interesting, interesting little phrase there, right? Prince, of, as if he's flying around in the air. And some people, and there is kind of that sense, almost like the atmosphere, but it was more specific than that. You know what he was saying? He was saying, according to the prince who has the authority in the realm of all those who breathe air. Pretty much the whole world, isn't it? He has had, he has ruled over this this air-breathing world for quite some time. It says, so we have these things and it's causing interference. So the interference is coming from within because we have this, it says these lusts and these passions that come from our mind when it gets stirred up and come from our body when it gets stirred up. And we just start, and we follow those things without thinking about them. We have the, the things that come from the interference that comes from this world because of the values that this world has set itself up around. And we have the interference that comes from very real spiritual beings who would like nothing more than for us not to follow Jesus for us not to hear God's voice, for us not to ever understand his purpose or his intent in our lives. That's a lot of interference, isn't it? Ephesians says that's where the interference comes from. And so we ask ourselves, okay, so what can we do about it? Isn't that what we always ask? What can we do about it? What can we do about this situation? 
You know what it says? Nothing. Nothing. We can do nothing about this situation. I mean, that sounds kind of hopeless, but if you read the Old Testament prophets, you read the New Testament apostles, you listen to Jesus himself, he says you can do nothing about that. Why? Because of those first few words of our passage. You were dead. And dead people can do nothing about their situation. We're not aware. We don't know how to, how to break free from those compulsions that come with, from within. We don't know, even know how to recognize the stream. We're like the fish that's in the stream. It doesn't recognize that it's living in water. It's just living there. And we don't recognize the world any better than that fish does. And we don't recognize, we can't even see the spiritual powers that are at work in this world. We can do nothing. That's why I love the next words in this passage so much. We can do nothing but God. Isn't that what changes everything all the time for us? I could do nothing but God. He could do something, and he did. I was dead, but God, he made me alive in Christ. I was lost and hopeless and stuck, but God pulled me out of that so that I could be what he intended, the person that he intended me to be. But God, but God, (laughs) but God, because of the great love that he had for us, God, because of his relentless faithfulness with which he chases us, God, because of that incredible, overwhelming, just overflowing compassion that pours out towards us. God, because he has a target on us for our good and he always intended us for the good he intended and that he made for us. God, while we were dead, he made us alive in Christ. While we could do nothing about those compulsions within us that just were dragging us about into sin and into directions of who knows where, God, while we were surrounded by this world that we couldn't even recognize and, and, and being yanked around like marionettes by this, these powers that we couldn't even see, God made us alive. God made us alive. And not only that, but it says that he, he raised us up. Somehow, somehow he said, God, that what he did through Jesus was then by, made, by faith, was made available to us in Jesus. Everything that he did through Jesus is made available to us in Jesus. It says, so God brought us to life. Just like Jesus was brought to life, we were brought from death into life. Just like Jesus was raised up, not just from the dead, but raised up into heavens to sit at the, in the very presence of God, we were raised up with him into the heavenly places to sit with with him. And we were seated in the heavenly places far above all of the noise, all of the interference, all of those distractions and those disruptions that keep us from knowing and being present to and being impacted by God alone. I love that Gloria's here because she is clapping and the rest of you guys are still taking your nap. But God. But God raised us up with him. And we say, you know, 
We should be able to go home, and that is such a great word, and that is so encouraging. Isn't that encouraging to know that? There is nothing that stands in the way of God doing his work and his will in you now. Everybody's going, yeah, but if that's true, why don't I hear God any clearer than I did before, right? Why, why do these compulsions inside still yank me around like they did before? Why am I still dragged along by the fads and the movements and the, the thinking and the, of this world like I was before? If that's all true, why does it seem like so many things haven't really changed? Why is there still so much interference when I try and hear God's voice and experience his presence and walk with him? That's a great question. That's why we couldn't go home about two minutes ago. Because it seems that God did not just in Christ take a magic wand and wave it over us. And suddenly we all became perfect. And everything became, God instead chooses this pathway of growing into this new life, right? Of growing into it and having it grow into us. So instead of just Instead of just suddenly hearing and seeing and walking in the glory of the life that God has for us, it says in 2 Corinthians 3.18 that we are day by day being transformed into the image and the glory of Jesus. Day by day. So that every day becomes this day that we can wake up and we say, could it be, could it be that today... I will hear God clearer than I did yesterday. Could it be that I'll discover some of these sources of distraction and disruption and interference and they'll be rooted out of my life so that I can walk with him closer today than I did yesterday? Could it be that God will show himself through me more clearly today because of what he works in me and because of what grows in me and what I grow into, that I'll, I'll see more of him today than I did yesterday. Could it be that God is working himself in? We are in a battle, right? We're in a battle. Throughout, throughout uh, the history of the church, um, these three opponents that we're facing, right? We have the things within us, the world outside of us and these spiritual principalities and powers, right? And they, they've been referred to as the world, the flesh, and the devil. And we have been in this war with the world, the flesh, and the devil for a long time. But Ephesians tells us, Ephesians 2 says, and, and, and really the gospels tell us, the whole of scripture tells us, you know what? That, that war, that war has been won. It's done. We're not trying to win the war anymore, but after the war, you still, there's still things that have to happen, right? 
There are still these places in our lives where we have within us and within this world and in the heavenly places, these places where the enemy still resides. It's like hunkered down in their bunkers, right? And they're just holding out. Or they've, they found some caves that we don't quite see them, but every once in a while they come out and they kind of make an attack. And, but it says the, the war's over, but there's still this kind of mopping up, this cleanup to do. The devastation of the war. You guys, we live in a day where we're watching war happen firsthand again. It's ugly. And we're watching this, this devastating war happen again. And after a war might be over, and when this war is over, there will be this rebuilding process that still has to happen before life can go on as it should. There will be homes that need to be rebuilt. There will be towers that need to be set up to send out any signals anymore. There will be, there will be streets that need to be paved. In, in Isaiah, it says, God will raise up in the last times. He raises up his people who will become those who are the restorers of those broken down places. It says they are the restorers of the streets in which to dwell. They will be the ones who re rebuild the ancient ruins. The places have been devastated because there's this process. Even though the war has been won, there's still this, this, this cleanup, this victory cleanup that has in rebuilding that has to happen. And that's going on in our lives. That's going on in our lives. It's going on in our world. It's going on even in the heavenly places where things are being realigned to the victory that Jesus won. No question. The, the war is over. But we're in this, this day of kind of this realigning that God is doing through his spirit. We are not spiritually dead anymore. We're not. But we still have stuff within us. We have this residue of, of greed rather than generosity at times, don't we? Do any of you, I, now I can tell you that is not because you're still the person you were. The person you were has been replaced by this new creation that God has created. It just hasn't been all cleaned out yet. It hasn't been all rearranged so that your mind's thinking the way it needs to think and your heart's compelled the way it needs to be compelled. We, we still have some of that root of bitterness instead of that forgiveness that is a natural part of who we have been made in Christ. We have to tear down all of that old so that we can build up all of that new. We still, sometimes we wrestle with that, that, that um, habit of thinking of myself more than I think of others or that habit of lusting rather than giving myself to others in love. We have that habit and we have those in, entrenched kind of things that need to be driven out and those places that need to re, be rebuilt. It is not so that we might gain salvation. It's available to us now. We couldn't gain it because what? Those first words, because we were dead. But now we have it accessible because God brought us to life. He won the war. He says, so now go in and take, take hold of the fullness of that gift of his grace. The fullness of the gift of his salvation. Go and do the work. Get rid of the interference. We're children of God. Our God is talking to us all the time. He says, so learn how to listen. Rebuild those, those habits and those, 
that, that inner, um, do the inner work so that you learn how to listen and hear and recognize the voice of God. You learn how to follow him and do what he wants. You learn how to reflect Jesus more than you do the brokenness and the fallenness of this world. We're not citizens of this world any longer. We're citizens instead, it says, of God's coming kingdom, that kingdom that is already in place, that is working its way out. But we still have the systems that need to be taken out. You guys, even as we look around our world, we look around our world and we see by the events going on, we say, you know what? We're not there yet. This world is still torn up. It's still backwards and bent out of shape. And there's still work to do in ourselves, in our world, in the heavenly places to make sure that things become aligned with, to, with what God had intended from the beginning. That they come into alignment with Jesus Christ who by his, res, by his death and by his resurrection claimed the lordship of, was raised up to the lordship of everything, including becoming the ruler over all those who had been subjected, all those in that realm of those who breathe the air, right? Jesus has become Lord. So we need to become those who, who, are, those who are bringing in peace where there was conflict. We need to become those who bring hope where there was despair, healing where there was only brokenness. We are called to be those who continue this work that Jesus began. We, be, we bring in the fullness, the full measure of the grace and the salvation that God intended for the world. That's who we are. To remove that interference, to declutter so that we might hear God in his work. Amen? So now we can ask the question, so what can we do, right? Because we could do nothing, but now in Christ, what can we do? What has been opened up because of what God did in Christ? First thing is this. And you guys, I, I, whenever I bring this up, you know, this is, this is kind of um, oftentimes it's just familiar language for many of us, but I need us always, always to take the thing seriously that God challenges us to because it would make no sense for God to open up this possibility and us assume that we're in it when in fact we haven't even made the first steps into it. The first part is this. It says, you know what? By faith, we can enter into that finished work, that, that battle that's been won, that victory cleanup day. By faith, we can enter into that. Now, we couldn't work our way into it. It says very clearly that this was, a, this was not a result of our works. This was a gift of God. It, it's called a grace, which literally just means a gift with no strings attached. We didn't have the ability to attain it on our own. God just graciously gifted it to us. So it says that by God's grace, his gift... Through faith, and, and the faith that he's talking about is twofold. One is this, through his relentless faithfulness to bring it about, because we didn't relentlessly pursue God, right? We were dead, we didn't do anything. We didn't relentlessly love God, and that's why he loves us back. By God's faithfulness and his love towards us, his immense love towards us, right? There's that faith, but there's also the act of faith where he says, so all I ask you to do is reach out and accept that gift by faith. And faith is where we take 
that kind of control of our life, of our setting directions or of our setting up the agenda. And we say, okay, God, I think you're going to be a better leader. You're going to be a better Lord. You're going to be a better direction finder than I will be. So I'm going to hand you the reins, the steering wheel, whatever the image is of my life. I'm going to give you the throne. I'm going to step off it. I'm going to let you lead. That's faith. And if we don't take that step, he says, it's through faith we enter into the work that God's done. That's the only way. And I want to make that clear because if I, I would hate, <laughs> I would hate as a pastor to be here in front of you guys and to be talking to you guys, whether you're at home, whether you're here, I would hate to be talking to you guys and you miss that, that first step point that you could be under this teaching and find all kinds of great stuff that the Bible talks about and living good lives and all that, but you miss that first step, which is by faith, by giving up our lives to God, we're brought into his life instead. God, we were dead, but God made us alive in Christ. By faith. Through faith. So by his grace, through faith. So the first thing is, if you haven't taken that step, that's where you start. If you want to see that, that clutter of the, inter, the, the interference and the disruption, and you want to find that life that God intended, that's the first step. It's that you turn to God in faith. It is truly as simple as just maybe for the first time turning to God and having a conversation with him where you just say, God, I don't even understand this because I'm coming pretty, you know, I've recently been in the midst of death. I didn't understand anything. But I'm going to take all that I know of what you're asking me to do. I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to give you the reins. I'm going to ask you to start leading in my life. I'm going to ask you to make the transfer. I don't know how it works, but you transfer me from death to life. That you transfer me from being bound and buried under my sins and ignorance and everything else. And you bring me into the, the light and the life and the understanding of Jesus Christ. It's just starting there. And it's just... Just a simple conversation. We don't even have to get the words right because God's so used to it. We're like children babbling to him sometimes. We think we have it figured out and he's going, you guys don't know a thing because he's God. But he knows what our hearts are saying. He says, if you turn to me with your heart, reaching for this gift, he says, it's a gift. And I'll give it to you. But that's the first step. So if you're, if you're, this morning, if you're watching online, it's later than this morning, some other time, man, make sure you got that first conversation with God taken care of, where you enter in his grace through faith. Amen? Second, second piece. Work daily to learn how to recognize those places where God is showing up, where you're seeing that clear kind of that clear signal of God coming through, where it seems to break through whatever reason, it breaking through all of the static and the interference, and you're sensing his presence, you're hearing his voice. Work and, and try to make those spaces where that can happen better. That's what reading scripture is all about. 
Scripture, it's like God has imprinted his voice here. So we read through here so we'll recognize his voice here so we can recognize it when he speaks to us outside of this. And I don't mean to mean that you go off and start your own religion. I mean that on a daily basis, you're going, God, what should I do here? And you want him to speak to you. How are you going to recognize what his voice sounds like if you haven't paid attention to what he says, this is my voice, right? God, should I, should I hit this person or forgive them? You may not recognize him if you haven't read this. And he says, you know, I always say to forgive him. Right? So make space to hear and to recognize that uncluttered signal, that voice, that presence of God. That's the second thing. Spend time in his word. Spend time just listening to the spirit in prayer. Spend time with his people, hearing the conversations of what his people talk about and how we go at life. Get good at recognizing those nudges and then going with them. Okay? Third thing is this. Work daily to be less a source of interference and noise in this world than you are that transmitter of that signal, that voice, that presence of God. Does that make sense? Work so that daily you are becoming less noise in this world and more a transmitter of the presence and the person of Jesus. Okay, what does that look like? Well, I mean, I love 1 Corinthians 13. It says, you know what? I could do all kinds of really spiritual stuff. I could do all kinds of real sacrificial and great looking stuff. But if I don't have love, and by love, again, it's not just love how we want to define it. We got to find out what the love is he's talking about. He's talking about the love of God, that sacrificial, that relentlessly pursuing, that, that, that overwhelming. If I don't have love when I do those things, what does he say? He says, I'm like a clanging gong. I'm like a blaring trumpet. I'm just noise in this world. Even if I'm doing these incredibly spiritual things, right? Even if I'm, I'm giving up my body for the, you know, to be sacrificed and for the sake of someone else, even if I'm doing these things, but if I don't have love that's immersing it and compelling it, and if, I, if I'm not just driven by the very love of God in that thing, then it's, it just is bringing static. People might see me, but they never see Jesus. And that's, that's not helping, right? I don't need more people to see me and try and be like me. I need people to see Jesus through me so that they'll be like him. I'm trying to be like him. Try and be less noise and more the voice and the presence of Jesus. Try not to bring fog into situations, right? Be less noise. Try to do less talking about what you think about life and really let your mind and your will and your words be shaped by what God thinks and says about the purpose of and the intent of this life. Be less noise. Right now, I want you to think about, you know, there may be something... And this is a practice that we need to get good at. 
Every day we should go into it. If I'm going to become more like Jesus over the course of this day, there's probably something that God wants to focus on, that his Holy Spirit, if I just listen, his spirit will say, you know what, today we need to work on that anger because you're gonna be in several situations where I know that that's gonna wanna flare up. And I wanna teach you how to bring in the grace of Jesus instead of the anger of Van, right? Today, we're gonna need to work on that forgiveness because this is something you've been carrying for a long time and you're gonna hit that person that you know triggers it every time. So today, and, and if we listen, he'll, he'll like shine this light on this thing and he'll say, today, if you're going to become more like Jesus, it's going to be in this thing, this thing right here. And we say, yeah, I don't want to work on that. I'd rather work on this thing. Like, how do I reflect Jesus in the, in the glory of how you know, prosperous I am and, and how great I look in this life, right? He goes, no, 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 no. Today, if you want to look more like Jesus, this is... And I say, okay, you're the Lord, we'll work on that one, right? That's, that's faith, that's lordship, that's us coming by faith into that life. You get to lead, okay, I'll give up my lead, right? Becoming less noise, more God showing himself in us and through us. Can we do that? Those are three big things. But those are three pretty important things. Give, ourselves, give yourself to that work. Give yourself to that work. You guys, it is true that by grace, the battle's already been won. It's absolutely true. That the salvation has already been brought in. We have received that, it says, in its fullness. But it is also true that daily, by God's daily grace, that battle is being won, is being solidified, is being the, the victory mop-up is happening. And by, by God's ongoing daily grace, that salvation is being brought in, not just in the reality of it, but in the reality also of our experience. I have been seated with Christ, and now I am being made into his image. So he says, do the work. Do the work. Walk with God so that we clean out those last vestiges of our fallen nature, of this fallen world, of that fallen principality that had ruled over us, of the world, the flesh, the devil. That we do that final work in that work that he's doing and in that battle. You know, it's, it's amazing that, that God has made these things that were in Christ available to us, that he raised us with him, that life is in him, that he seated us with him. It's also amazing that he invites us every day to enter in with him to the work that he is doing. Isn't that crazy? He's not just waving a magic wand. He is inviting us into the process and the work of seeing his victory won. So that at the end, we know it was him, but we all get to rejoice in the victory of it all. When we stand before him and we see the beauty of his kingdom, we know it was him, but we've been brought into the work that brought it about so that we all get to rejoice in seeing the beauty of that. In that final day, you guys, why does he want to work this in us? It's not just for that final day, but it's also because on a daily basis, 
Wouldn't it be great if people started coming up to us and because of what God was doing, what Jesus was doing in us, they started asking that same question. I see what Jesus is doing in you. I see what he is bringing in this world. Could it be, right? Could it be that there is a God in heaven? That he's created all things and that he does love us with a relentless love. And that he is making himself, that he is cutting through even the noise and the interference and the disruption and the, just the chaos of this world to bring in this, this glory, this salvation. Could it be? Wouldn't it be great if that was the effect that our lives, that our lives together had on other people, on this world, even on the heavenly places? Could it be through the noise?